Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Gil Whiteley is Whiteley So. Whiteley So with Gil Whiteley, Mile High Sports. Top the Montmart Building, Colorado, and I-25. It's re- it's uh, I'm not sure how important it is, but it is uh, National Signing Day. National, I think we're coming to your school day. I, I don't know. I, how is National Signing Day uh, change, Alex? Because you know it used to be. Everybody who signed up on this day, this was an important day, and then pretty much everybody who signed up showed up and played for the Buffs or whatever, or whatever school they commit to. I think it's going to be very uh, between now and they actually start calling plays back in next September. Uh, this National Signing Day might look very, very different. Uh, your thoughts? Hello, Alex. Alex. Yeah, doing, I'm here. I'm here. I was doing Alex some stuff is here. Doing something else. Um, that, a National Signing Day. I just don't know how important it is anymore because. It yet. I, I, I don't think. I think everybody said, "Well, I think I'm going there." Right. They, they, these kids change their commitments like crazy. You know, they have the verbal commitment, but it's not official until they have the written commitment. Um, I think I saw it. It's not official until someone actually, until one of their commitments, not one, it, it's not official until a commitment actually plays it down. Uh, yeah. they, can leave, they can leave the program. Even after spring ball. Yeah. Uh, they can leave it after... Yeah, if they play in the first, if they're in the first game and they're on the roster and they don't play, they can transfer between game one and two. I think I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm not sure that played. laid into it, but yeah. Oh yeah, you know, I, I don't think they can. I don't think they can just go play the next week and between week one and two. But I, I think they can leave that quickly. Uh, well, we got Brian Howell, who's Believe me, Brian Howell is a hard guy to get today uh, because it's, <laughs> it's national, it's national uh, uh, letter of intent day. Yeah, got to be one of his busiest days. Uh, uh, 
back out, you know, that's got to be almost 20 years now. Uh, uh, Isaac, oh, God, now I can't even remember Isaac's name. From I was on KNUS at the time, and uh, I thought it'd be fun to sing Christmas carols in and out of my breaks. I was doing a three-hour show at that time. Uh, I've done as much as six hours a day, five days a week, Alex. You know, so me doing one one hour a day is not is not. Uh, my voice just can't hold up. I used to do. That's a lot of talking. I, oh my god, I was a mess. I I did six to ten every morning on KNUS, and I had a partner, and we kind of did a oh. 60% sports and uh, 40%, uh, you know, uh, uh, what's going on in Colorado, uh, you know, uh, kind of thing. Uh, I had a partner who really uh, wanted, she was beautiful. She was as fun and nice as could be. She was the current, she was the current at that time. Uh, Miss Colorado in the in the Miss America pageant. Uh, she actually went and did the Miss America pageant while we were doing the show, uh, and we and we were six to ten in the morning. And she loved sports. She loved to ski. She was an outdoors woman. Uh, she hiked and cross country and downhill skied. I think she even did a little ski jumping. Her name was Shalene Cockrell, and uh, just marvelous lady. And and believe me, we went in the studio every day. And it's not hard at six in the morning to, to wake up and with Miss Colorado. Makes and, it a little uh, easier, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, it did. Uh, and she was a sweetheart, you know. Uh, and she'd come in, but she wanted to be, uh, and she could have been. This is twenty years ago. She wanted to be like on ESPN and and all of that, and she certainly could have done all of that, but she didn't want to put the work in. She just wanted to, you know, uh, she put her work into being a broadcaster, but not into sports. And uh, and so that didn't, you know, so the ESPN part didn't make any sense. So I was doing four hours in the morning with her, and then I was doing afternoon drive, four to six every day. So I'd be on six in the morning, six in the morning till uh, to ten in the morning, and then four in the afternoon to six in the afternoon. You were doing two a days, radio style. Yes. Uh, and but they were paying me really a lot. I mean, at the time it was a lot of money. It, actually, it'd be a lot of money for me today. But uh, I couldn't do it. I did it for seven or eight months, and I was just worn out. Uh, it's really hard to be on the air that long. Well, anyway, uh, uh, at KNUS, there was uh, uh, my producer. His name was Isaac. That was that was in the '90s, by the way. I I was actually uh, hired by KNUS five different times over the last 35, 37 years. And uh, and I, and I so I, I had a show that I was doing all by myself. And I, I brought in a cassette 
uh, and then I had the words to uh, all these Christmas carols uh, that matched this cassette. I brought uh, the music background, and at that time we used cassettes, <laughs> and uh, and so we'd play that going into a break live. I would sing a Christmas carol going in, and I'd only do like twenty seconds of it, and then we'd go, we'd go out. It was like the going in and out of breaks. And so we'd come back, and I, he would he would be playing another Christmas carol, and I'd sing coming back, and we just did it for one show, and I thought it was funny. Well, he took all those ins and outs that we did, and turned it into a like a fake Christmas album, and a, and a and and this was a basically a a a, a spot a, a radio spot for the Gil Whiteley Christmas, like you could buy the Gil Whiteley Christmas album. And uh, it went not only a little like this, it went just like this, uh, the Gil Whiteley Christmas. Just in time for the holidays. <coughs> a Whiteley Christmas. The first Noel, the angel did say, away in the manger, no crib. Let Gil bring his Christmas cheer only on a Whiteley Christmas. Silent night, holy night, all is calm. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. A Whiteley Christmas has all your favorites, including joy to the world. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. Oh, come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. For the person that has everything, a whitely Christmas. Oh, Christmas tree, how lovely are your branches. Oh, Christmas tree, oh, Christmas tree. <laughs> we wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Have you ever wished the radio guy would think like you and say things that actually make sense rather than softening his stance to be politically correct? Well then, Whiteley so. Gil Whiteley will give you the absolute truth. Hello and welcome back. If you've never, if you've never heard a Whiteley Christmas... You're welcome, and I apologize. I actually thought I was killing it. Uh, Adam Miles joins us, and uh, we normally play We Are the Champions for Adam, but I guess during his holiday season, we forget the, our walk-up music for, the, for our guest. Uh, uh, Adam, are you there? Not there yet. Okay. 
Uh, so we'll we'll get to Adam in just a second. Okay, we'll get to it. Uh, we put we uh, we actually played you in with another one bites the dust. Probably <laughs> probably more important than probably more significant than we are the champions. Uh, Why do you say that? Oh, I don't know. Just because I'm I'm flippant. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you, missed, you missed a, you missed a Whiteley Christmas. I just played it in the last oh, segment. Oh, no. I missed it. it. I, I will be posting it today. All right. I'll go back and do my annual listen. Okay. Best song of the year. Uh, you know, I just said thank you, and I apologize to my listeners. <laughs> uh, we have kind of gotten a different... And Nikola Jokic this year, uh, his hands, and and I and I, I don't want to over be over dramatic or or uh, on this. His hands don't seem to be quite as soft when he's because he's the he has the softest hands. He still does inside two to five six feet of any big man in the history of the game. Agreed. I have no question. Yeah, and and he's he's throwing the ball up just a little hard this year. It's a little. So so I'm so Gil. You know what's crazy about this is it's only been the last two weeks. Because yeah, prior really right prior, prior really to that been. prior to that I actually put out a video on this, and no sooner do I publish the video does he go on his cold spell. But prior to that. He was shooting 70%. Oh, no wonder. It's your fault. Jeez, <laughs> I didn't know that. He was shooting 70%, which was not only a career high, as the greatest of all time from 3 to 10 feet, you know, right outside and, of and, the layup and, and zone. And then he, goes, then he goes 9 for 32. <laughs> and now he's ice cold from there. So I did kind of curse him, I guess. But uh, I don't think – I will uh, say I don't uh, think it's a season-long thing, and I don't think it's a big deal. I just think he's in a little uh, rut. But he'll come back. Uh, uh, I don't think that. I, I don't think I realized it. I'm not sure the Nuggets realized it. Uh, but they are. They're world champions, and it's no longer the Nuggets are coming to town. And oh, they're pretty good. We need to get our game on. It is. Hey, the world champions are coming down. We really want to beat them. That's right. a straw. That's a straw in our cap, or, a, right. or what, what's the straw? Is, this, is that a straw in my drink, or feather, what is it? Feather, in, feather in your cap. I think yeah, is where you're going. It's a, yeah, it's somewhat of a metaphor, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's the last straw and feather in your cap. I think that's a mixed metaphor. <laughs> uh, and, and I'm good for that kind of crap. <laughs> uh, but uh, and, and I, I I wonder uh, as a former player yourself and or current player because I think you're still silly enough to be playing in league. Uh, uh, I I we weren't even allowed. We were not allowed to lift weights. Uh, there was two, there was two two or three of us that that. He, uh, the coach told, told us don't lift weights. And with the other guys, we didn't let shoot anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it would affect it would affect your shot. And I'm just wondering right. if, if he was just banging the weights a little hard, 
uh, you know, in the in you know in the off days and stuff like that, uh, that that would have maybe potentially. I was I'm just trying to think what could cause a slump to a guy from three to five feet because that's that's where he's best in the world. Alex English was best in the world from uh, from ten to thirteen right. feet. Right. Yep. I think. Um... I think there is an answer to this question, Gil, and I think it's fatigue. You know, he is a guy that okay. Jamal Murray goes out, and the Nuggets played the most game. I put this on Twitter about a week ago, but to that point, the Nuggets had played more games than anybody in the NBA, more back-to-backs than anyone in the NBA, and well, more I don't games. like that. I, I don't like the fact that every team doesn't have the same amount of back-to-backs on the NBA schedule. Well, I, well they do. They, I, they no, do they don't. The season. But, but you know, sometimes early on, some teams have more back-to-backs early, some more late. The no, Nuggets they, had it early. Last year, the, the Nuggets had the most back-to-backs in the NBA, and the Lakers had the fewest. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what so, it is, actually, somehow, Gil? I can, somehow, I can give you... Somehow, the, 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 uh, the, uh, the, the, the black-windowed, helicopters, unmarked helicopters start flying overhead. I'm looking at a conspiracy theory. Well, there you go. Well, I'll tell you why and why the Nuggets this year are going to have a favorable schedule overall. It's because everybody plays on the last day of the year. They all want the games to end on the last day, right? Everybody plays. If you play the first day of the year because you're a marquee team, then that means naturally there's a bigger window to fit all of your games into. And this year, the Nuggets winning the championship they had the first game of the year. So they are going to get a little bit of an easier schedule. And the Lakers every year, right, are the marquee team, so they play on opening night. But the the Nuggets this year play on opening night, so their games are going to be naturally spaced out just a little bit more. Um, but the Nuggets have a good schedule, I think. You know, they're on the road right now. But I honestly think Yoke was a little fatigued, and he's gotten some really good rest, in part because the schedule's lightened up, and in part because, like last night, he didn't have to play the fourth quarter. Did, did you did you take a look at the uh, uh, at the at the Nuggets lost the one point loss to to who was that to Oklahoma City? Yes. Uh, if if you look at if you look at that, uh, it's kind of funny because uh, as a rule, uh, the the Nuggets themselves. Uh, every almost every single game, the the Nuggets' first team has pluses, and the second right. team has minuses. In that loss, every guy except for I think it was I think it was Porter uh, had had uh, had uh, had had a minus on the starting, and every 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 second teamer had a plus. On the plus minus, which almost rarely, rarely, rarely ever happens yeah. with them. Yeah, and some of that is, you know, Oklahoma City has a good starting lineup as well. So, you know, that was their strength. But a lot of it is, Gil. I'm kind of high on the Nuggets right now. I feel like that loss disguised what should have been a five-game winning streak right now, and the bench playing really well, which is encouraging. That's what you want is for your bench to kind of start figuring some things out and getting momentum. I think that's happening right now for the Nuggets um, that the bench, like Peyton Watson, Reggie Jackson, 
you know, these guys are starting to be more and more consistently good. And if that happens, if Denver can get to a point where they trust their bench, they're going to be at the number one seed. And, and their bench, uh, and I, I, I had this conversation with Doug Otterwell, you know, who you know is a really good basketball guy. Yeah. The bench uh, is five and six guys deep in the regular season. And those five or six guys are, are fighting to be the, the sixth and seventh guy when the playoffs get here. Uh, right. uh, in the playoffs, they went sixteen and four, I think it was. Uh, yep. And and in those and in those twenty games, they only played seven guys in like nine of the games, uh, and they played eight in then almost the rest of them, unless it yep. was a unless it was a comfortable win. So right. those yep. six or those five or six or, or seven guys are playing for two slots. You know, uh, Christian Brown. You know, uh, I think he's locked in. Yeah, yeah. I think he's and, locked and, in, and I think Reggie's locked in. So I would go one step further and say the rest of the guys are competing for one spot. Uh, it, it, I, I'll go with you there. And Christian Brown's a different guy when he's playing with Jokic than when he's playing with just the backups. Sure. Uh, and if, if I don't bet. Uh, I don't gamble. I, I, I actually, actually was talking bad about gambling when. When they when they were actually sponsoring my show, and then they figured out that I was beating up gambling. Uh, <laughs> and uh, but if I were to bet on individuals, uh, yeah, uh, it, you know, and then you can bet individual stats. Every time, every time that the Nuggets start their regular lineup, followed in the fifth spot, Canavius uh, 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 Cobell Pope. Uh, uh, you're sitting there, you got Jokic and Murray, uh, yeah. Porter's always a three guy, and then Aaron Gordon is a four guy. And when and when Jamal Murray's out, Jordan, be, uh, uh, Aaron, be, Aaron uh, becomes, he becomes the second guy. Right. And his numbers are always terrible. When, when, <laughs> and, and when, and when, when the entire starting lineup is in, especially Jokic, Murray, Porter's always there in that third spot, and whether it's one way or the other. And then, and then Aaron Gordon's in that fourth spot. When Aaron Gordon's in that fourth spot, you, go bet on his stats. I mean, he's going to be he's going to be nine for twelve from the field. Yeah. He, he's going to have nine, eight or nine rebounds. Uh, right. He's going to have you know his. His stats when he's playing with both Jamal and and with Jokic are unbelievably good. Uh, it, I, I think I think there's something else because I agree with you that Aaron Gordon is so good when he gets to kind of play behind the defense, right? When they're focused on yeah, Murray and, and Jokic, he works he works, aside, he works that baseline like nobody's business. Yeah, and then just dumps he just on disappears everyone. that that. that that guy that's guarding him, he just turns his head for a second and Gordon's gone. Yep. yep. That's his best role. But I think there's another piece of the equation to Eric Gordon. And he did a podcast with uh, a, a, like a couple players the other day. And I, he said something very revealing where he said, you know, coming back this year was really tough. And somebody asked him, like, yeah, your mind's in vacation. And he said, my mind's still in Monte Carlo. 
Like, I'm still there. And then he kind of laughs. And then he's like, but I'm coming back. Like, I've just started refocusing and trying to get back. And I think there's an admission there, but I think there's something real about, you know, the early the Nuggets kind of come out of the gate storming, playing well. And I think they all kind of hit a wall earlier than usual, maybe short off season or whatever. And if you look at the last four or five games, Aaron Gordon's actually been pretty good. I think that he probably, and I think this is true of a lot of guys, just kind of had to mentally, it took a little bit longer mentally to warm up and, and get locked in. But I kind of see signs that Aaron Gordon, Jamal Murray, and then that bench unit is starting to lock in uh, and starting to play some really good basketball. Uh, you brought up Monte Carlo. Uh, uh, when the Dream Team went to the Olympics, they went, they went to the Olympics and they were on vacation. Yeah, they, didn't right, go yeah. in, they didn't live in the Olympic Village. Right, uh, right, right. Too uh, famous. The, 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 I, where were the Olympics that year? I, you know, it's somewhere not far from Barcelona. Monte Carlo. Yeah, okay, but they Barcelona. they stayed in Monte Carlo. Yeah. And 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 Woody Page knew that was happening, so instead of going and living at the Olympic Village, he made his main story through that whole Olympics. He was he was there for the for the dream team. He spent a lot of time, a, a, a disproportionate proportionate amount of time covering that, that dream team because he knew something right. special. Was he was one of like five people that was in the gym when those two teams, uh, when Magic picked a team and, right. and Michael picked a team. And to this day, everybody that was there said it was the best basketball game they ever saw played. <laughs> uh, that that's how competitive it was. That's how everything went on, and the gym was empty. I mean, it was there was literally like five people that weren't playing in the game, uh, that were just spectators. And you know who the the only player who was a spectator? Who never Larry played Bird? in the game? Never played in the game. The, the kid from the kid from Duke, Leitner, Clinton uh, <laughs> Leitner just okay. sat. He sat. He didn't even sat on the bench on either side. He said, "Kid, go sit down. He'll get dressed. You're not. You're not in this game." Right. <laughs> Leighton <laughs> never funny. got in the game once. No one. No one took him. That's uh, funny. But, uh, so you brought up Monte Carlo, and I, I, I all I could think of was that. And they were in Monte Carlo, and then they take helicopters into the into the, to the Olympics from there. That's pretty wild, man. That's pretty wild. Although, if I were them, I would have wanted to stay at the Olympic Village. I've heard stories. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, trust me, they were doing just fine in Monte Carlo. <laughs> I'm sure they uh, were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, there's no Olympic Village had nothing on Monte Carlo. <laughs> All right, there you go. Back, uh, back in the day, Albert, who's now the uh, the 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 reigning prince, back then was was the son of Prince Rainier and Grace Kelly, who has passed away. Uh, he's a, uh, he used to come here for the Denver Grand Prix, and we made friends, he and I. Oh, that's uh, cool. And he, would, he came down uh, this one year. That, uh, he was at, there was only one year he came, and he came to Maxville's like three different nights uh, after the Grand Prix was over, rather than doing what he was doing. And... He had the best security team in the history of the planet. People were dressed, you know, like casually and this and that. 
you know, I've had a lot of people come in, they have security, you know, like the governor at times or, you know, the, uh, different different people. Had you could always spot security. You couldn't, you couldn't spot them. I said, where's the security? And he said, oh, they, they, you never see them. You know, and then he started pointing right, them out. Right. So, so I have a picture of me and, and, and him in the, in the celebrity suite, which back then I was invited to. Uh, and I posted it, I'll post it on Facebook in the next week or two, and, and, uh, and as well on, on, and I said, the most eligible bachelor in the world, and me. <laughs> <laughs> at, that, at that time, he was the most eligible bachelor in the world. He was the, he was the heir apparent to be the Prince of Monaco. Wow. Tough job, uh, to, yeah. tough job <laughs> to grow into, huh? That is a tough. That is a tough yeah, one. The, the, the richest country in the world. Uh, yeah, that was a that that was bizarre. So you know, you, you got a Mila Kyler story or two out of me. How's that? I, I like it. This is why I like the show. You never know what you're going to talk about. The Olympic Village <laughs> yeah. Monte Carlo today. You know, I wasn't yeah. prepared, but here we are. I, I wasn't either. You know, uh, <laughs> I, I do like what I've seen out of the Nuggets. I, I I don't I, I don't you don't need to overreact on stuff, but I was just amazed by it. We, we've just never seen Nikola Jokic have a slump, and the slump was only really two games, uh, yeah. the, and 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 that seemed like the worst slump that he's ever might have ever had. And then he had a good game that Jokic. Then he has no business having a game where he only takes eight shots, even though they won handily. He should be taking them somewhere between fifteen and twenty-five shots a game. Oh, I'm not. I'm not bothered by how he played this last game. I mean, they won by thirty points. I, yeah, I, I know, but, but <laughs> I, I, start, I, I think he saw other guys the, getting going. That I want to him to stay in the mode of of his comfort zone is taking fifteen to twenty-five shots. If he gets comfortable uh, again, is taking. You know, six, seven, eight shots like he did sometimes early on. They couldn't get him to shoot. Remember? Right. They were trying to. Uh, you don't want him to get back in that mode. You know, he he's cyclical. Yeah, I'm not worried about it, yo. I'm I'm not worried about it at all. <laughs> I think he's in a good rhythm. And you know, I will say tonight they're in Toronto. The Raptors are the one team he has never scored thirty against. He has never scored 30 points against the Raptors. He has against all other teams he's played against. So okay, it'd be kind of cool tonight for him to go for 30. Does he know that? I don't know if he does. I doubt it. Because yeah, he doesn't – I don't think he – he's one of those guys that has no idea about his stats. I'm, I'm sure of that. Right. I, I, I don't think he could tell you if he had, you know, uh, uh, eight points or, or, or 18 points in the last game. Right. I, I just could don't be. think he – yeah, and then you and I will both know that he had eight, right? <laughs> right. We pay attention to these things. He doesn't. That's why he's the, that's why he's the best. <laughs> exactly right. Well, uh, uh, tell us, tell us uh, uh, about what you're up to and your podcast. You now have a daily podcast, which really is good stuff. Yeah, we had a great episode, me and Tim Legler, yesterday on the Minnesota Timberwolves, who I think are the best team in basketball right now. Right. Oh, man. They are they are beating everybody and getting impressive wins. So we had a really good show, the All NBA podcast, which is on YouTube or on all the podcast apps. 
All City, All NBA show with me and Tim Legler. And Tim's a great analyst, man. He really he teaches me a lot about the game. I really like it. Does he get the town much uh, at all, or has he been down? Uh... No, no, he's on the East Coast, so he oh, has, I, I don't that. know if we will see each other. Actually, I mean, maybe maybe in the playoffs or something, we'll be in the same city. But I don't. Yeah, I don't. I haven't. We haven't ever been face to face. Yeah. Okay. I didn't think so. So, uh, so nonetheless, it's uh, if you're an NBA guy, uh, uh, it's must. It's must. Uh, it's must listen to. Thank you, sir. I appreciate yeah. it. Adam Adams, you, you, uh, you're my guy, as you know. And, yeah, you're, pre- and, and you're welcome. <laughs> Thank you, as always, Gil. Good talking to you. <laughs> Goodbye. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Perspective, experience, and a sense of humor. If you don't get it, listen closer. Gil Whiteley says things you need to think about. If you're wondering if he just said that, he did. Whiteley so. Mile High Sports. I love my Rosie child. Cracklin' Rose. I almost named her place Crack, uh, Bar one time, Cracklin' Rosie's. Or Cracklin' Rose, a derivation of that. Joining uh, me, Brian Howe, uh, from the Buff Zone and the Boulder Daily Camera. Uh, Mr. Howe, how are you, sir? I'm good. How are you doing? Uh, I'm good. Uh, what does the National Letter intent of Intent Day uh, actually mean anymore? What is, does, what it, does it have any solid meaning? Is anybody actually locked in? Yeah, you know, the high school kids are locked in uh, starting today. Um, it's a big deal for those kids. And, um, you know, the Buffs have got several of them waiting on, on the big one. You know, Jordan Seaton, the number one tackle, um, is committed to see but has not signed yet, but um, Draylon Miller is a four-star receiver that signed, and so it's a big deal to get those guys locked in. But um, certainly uh, for those transfers, which is a big deal for Colorado, uh, you got to kind of hold your breath until those guys are actually on campus. Yeah, and uh, actually, even until they play their first game, uh, if they don't if they don't get in the first game, they can chill trap. They can they can transfer after the first game before the second game, can't they? Yeah, I don't, they, can't, they can't play in the second game for another school, or can they? No, you can't play for two schools in, in one season. But, um, yeah, I mean, certainly uh, there is that, always that possibility that somebody 
uh, transfers in in January and goes through the spring semester, and then they want to get out and they go to another school in the fall. So, yeah. I, I looked at every, I have your page up now on the transfers and uh, because I know where to go if I want my information. Uh, <laughs> that's at thebuffzone.com, folks. Uh, uh, they got a combination of uh, Walter Taylor and Will Shepard, a quarterback who's, who's a sophomore out of Vanderbilt, uh, played it. Uh, played a year last year at Vanderbilt. Did he play, or he was just on the bench? But he's a good prototype, six five two thirty five. Will Shepard, six three two zero five. Uh, also Cordell Russell, six four two fifteen. Those are. I'm looking at the numbers on these guys because I look at that as a prototype guys. Every guy they got damn near is a prototype guy. Other than the the, uh, uh, the kid out of Connecticut, who's the center, and the center doesn't have to be three hundred pounds; he can be six two two seventy. But everybody seems to be prototype. Yeah, definitely, and, and they're certainly filling needs, and they're uh, they're getting guys that can compete better. I think, and uh, you know, Will Shepard, you know, six three two zero five—that's a big receiver, and uh, you know, led Vanderbilt receiving the last two years, and so that's a huge gift for them, and. Uh, you know, offensive line. Obviously, uh, they need some guys up there. They got a, a six foot five, two hundred forty five pound tight end from Cincinnati who caught twenty three passes. So uh, they're filling a lot of needs as long as these guys wind up here. I mean, now they they haven't signed their financial aid agreement, but of course they still got to get on campus. But um, you know, certainly Deion Sanders is filling needs, and uh, you know, we saw what those needs were throughout the season. Well, Shepard. And and his quarterback uh, you know, end up end up coming here, uh, uh, Walter Tyler, uh, and they were. I used to kid, they're in the SEC, but they're basically the the northwestern of the SEC of the big, northwestern of the Big Ten. Uh, they're kind of the, the the perennial last place team, but even the even Vanderbilt has the outstanding. Uh, and teams at this uh, at this point, except they're in the SEC. I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, and you know, you can look at that look at it that way. But you know, a guy like Will Shepard, you know, he's putting up those numbers against really good SEC defense. There you go. That's exactly right. You know, and you know, Xavier Weaver um, last year, 2022, was the leading receiver for South Florida, which was one and eleven. And he came here and almost put up a thousand yards for the Buffs. So, um, you know, Will Shepard's really good. Uh, that's a really good gift for them. I don't know about the quarterback. We'll see. Walter Taylor uh, didn't play a whole lot. Um, he basically he played quite a bit in one game against Ole Miss, which, which was a blowout, uh, but not much else besides that. So, so we'll see. But he's a he's a really uh, big quarterback. Uh, it's a dual threat that um, you know really is a guy that uh, the Buffs are looking at as potential replacement for Shador. Uh, once he graduates, or if Shador gets hurt again, they need somebody that's capable to get in there and play. Uh, do they have that guy? Is it one of the transfers, or is it a high school kid? Uh, what, what, what is your best guess? Well, I, I mean, they brought in the two quarterbacks uh, from the SEC, Walter Taylor from Vanderbilt and Destin Wade from Kentucky, uh, that are both guys that have played a little bit. Um, Wade, his only game is he, he played in the bowl game last year for Kentucky, uh, but they're they're at least talented enough guys that they're recruited in the SEC. And so 
I think that that's where they're looking at that backup role. Backup role. Yeah, they're both sophomores, but they have to look at Shadur most likely playing his last year, uh, yeah. and and then uh, they both have to be looking at the starting job here at Colorado. Uh, is that realistic, or or are they are, they're in the high school market for a quarterback, aren't they? Or have they already got a guy? Yeah, they haven't been. Um, you know, they they had a guy committed, but he was. He was a Sean Lewis guy, and so when Sean Lewis uh, left here, um, you know that kid followed Sean Lewis to San Diego State, which was no surprise. So uh, they don't have um, – I haven't heard really any word that they're replacing that kid, so I don't think they've got a high school kid coming in. I mean, they do have Ryan Staub, who was a true freshman this last year and started the Utah game. He's still here. And so, you know, if he stays, you got four quarterbacks, and that's a pretty good number um, on scholarship. I think they're in good shape there. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the former Buffs uh, uh, assistants are are showing up around the country now to get jobs. uh, I'm trying to think of his name. Went to Chafee Junior College, which I'm very familiar with, and now just got a job in Division II. Uh, uh, Tell me his name. I I, I just lost it. Uh, Darren Cheverini. Yeah, Cheverini. Who... Uh, at one point, was the offensive coordinator at Texas Tech, wasn't he? No, he, well, he was the offensive coordinator here, but he was the special teams coordinator at Texas Tech. Oh, okay. Givers down there uh, with Cliff Kingsbury. So, um, yeah, he he did a great job at, uh, at Chaffee Community College. They went undefeated this last year, his first year as a head coach, and uh, turned that into a D2 job. So, working his way up the ranks. Yeah, 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 and which is good. In uh, in uh, San Diego State is is uh, yeah, so there's going to be a lot of oh uh, yeah is are, are we seeing a tree uh, that is emerging as uh, you know like you can look at Dan Green's career and and he's got all these branches of his tree his coaches that coach under him. Uh, that uh, turned out to be, you know, Gary Kubiak and, and Mike Shanahan and, you know, uh, Wade Phillips and you know, a lot, you know, they, they build these. Uh, is, is, uh, uh, is Sanders, is, is his tree starting right now? Yeah, I, I wouldn't say so yet because I wouldn't put Sean Lewis under that tree. Um, you know, they, I think Sean Lewis is more under the Dino Pavers tree. And, well, he um, lost his job midseason, didn't he? He did, you know, and it it just didn't work out. I mean, the, the Sanders and uh, and Sean Lewis, I don't think meshed, and uh, you know, so uh, he was demoted. I had to play calling duties, taken away midseason. So I certainly wouldn't put him under the Dion tree there. But and Chevrini never worked for Dion, so um, I would say no, not yet. No. Okay, something that Dion you know would would like to uh, try to establish with some of those coaches he's got here. Uh. Yeah, I, uh, 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 I I look at this I look at this uh, this team and I and and I I, I just wonder uh, where and where they're going and what they're I wish football season I'm sorry basketball just started I wish football season were were, were closer <laughs> at this point this thing is now a story remember how many years that you and I on the radio and I just wouldn't call you after after three games. I 
Yeah, I couldn't talk to you football. They weren't pertinent at all. And even when they were losing, they were pertinent last year. Uh, and it looks like uh, what you said was going to happen uh, is is happening. That they were they were not going they weren't going to win seven games and or you know whatever it might be. That they'll be lucky to win four or five games uh, and then not make a bowl game. But there'll be a vast improvement. Uh, it'll be the second year, and they say, "Well, everybody's going to desert them, and they're, they're not, they only win four or five games." That this team was going to disappear, and there's going to be trouble. The truth is, you were right. Uh, the good guys are are pretty much staying, and they're bringing in more good guys, and the people leaving other guys that that didn't make the didn't make the grade. Yeah, and there's, and there's really not a whole lot of guys leaving. Trust us. me, that's the hardest sentence I can say is, is you were right and I was wrong. Well, I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> I, and, I mean, you were right about the 3-0 start, that's for sure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the guys who were leaving. I was, I was right about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, the guys who are leaving at this point are basically graduates and you know, mm-hmm. guys who are out of eligibility. And there's only been you know, a few guys who have entered the portal, and it's mostly been – you know, walk-ons and backups. So uh, they haven't lost a lot of people, and uh, they're bringing in, you know, players that, uh, you know, as we talked about, you know, Will Shepard, who, you know, leads Vanderbilt in receiving. They're bringing in offensive linemen who um, weren't starters at the JUCO level. They were starters at Power Fives and FBS schools. I mean, they got Indiana's starting right tackle. They got Houston's, uh, you know, starting right guard and uh, UTEP's starting uh, guard and things like that. So uh, Connecticut yeah. It scares me that I think, I, I'm pretty sure I'm right about this. Shermer is going to be the, the offensive coordinator? Just tell, think, me I'm, tell me I'm wrong because he's looking at someone else. Well, we, we think so. He's been asked about it twice, and uh, both times his answer has been, it's most likely going to be Pat Shermer. So, oh, good. Uh, it's never been confirmed, uh, but that – which. When he's saying most likely, he probably tells you that he might be looking at other options. Shermer might be looking at other options. So, uh, but so it's not confirmed yet. But we think it's going to be Shermer. I mean, I just hate the sideline to sideline offense uh, that he presents most of the time. Uh, and 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 with, given the time to actually set up and and take a five or seven step drop and throw the ball, which the juror can do uh, as long as he's not met at his fifth step with by two edge rushers. Uh, uh, this, this offense could be explosive. Uh, you know, the, but when they, when they had to go to just dump off the ball, the offensively, this team wasn't very interesting. Yeah, you're right. And, you know, they, they really, It'll be interesting to see how they work together because uh, Dion has said that Shadour and, and uh, Pat Shermer uh, get along really well and communicate really well, and they didn't have much time to work together this last year. And uh, the first game wasn't very good, but then the second game was really good. And then game three, Shadour gets knocked out very early, and that's that's that. So um, really, only had a couple of full games together, um, and game two was much better than game one. So uh, we'll see the full off season. Uh, what that looks like, but if, as I long told, as we communicate well, that's good. I told Lincoln Riley two years ago to get rid of that defensive coordinator, and it took him a year to figure out I was right. Uh, 
I'd hate to waste another season uh, not having an offensive coordinator that is up to coordinating top college talent. Does that make sense? I mean, you're, when you got the kind of guys that they're, that they're bringing on campus, you got to give them something special to play with. Right. Yeah, and you know, we'll see. You know, uh, Shermer has not – I mean, this was his first year – in the college games, I think 98 uh, with Stanford. I think it was 98. Uh, he'd been in the NFL for so long. So, um, you know, we'll see if, he, if he's going to be the guy. You know, we'll see how well he does. Uh, <clears throat> okay, i got to let you go. I know that. Uh, I appreciate it. I will come back after this, uh, and I will wrap things up. Uh, thank you, sir. We'll talk in the next couple of weeks. Thank you. Bye. Right now, the bump zone, that's where you'll be at. Gil Whiteley gives you reasons, not excuses, and Whiteley so. Hello and welcome back. Uh, yeah, uh, Monaco is the is the richest country in the world per capita, uh, per citizen, the citizenry. Uh, I don't think there's anybody that actually is a citizen of Monaco that isn't a millionaire. That's how rich the country is. Uh, but it's about half, the whole country is about half the size of Denver, not of Colorado. <laughs> the whole country is about half the size of Denver. And it's pretty much just all casinos, and uh, uh, and, uh, and it's just unbelievable. They hold doing a great Grand Prix there every year. Prince Albert, when I knew him, he was he was the he was the uh, heir to the throne. He is now married and uh, and and sits in the throne of Monaco. What a sweetheart of a man! He was really nice. Grace Kelly, if you don't know who Grace Kelly is. Uh, uh, Alex, look up Grace Kelly. She, uh, uh, in her time, uh, or in any time, she was maybe the most beautiful woman who ever lived. Uh, a movie star uh, that that uh, that that was uh, you know uh, came out of the uh, the socialites of New Jersey, New York, uh, New England, uh, and uh, uh, just an incredible woman. And uh, she passed away early, unfortunately. Uh, that was her mom, uh, his mom, uh, in that. So I'll be back tomorrow, everybody. Have a good one, and I hope you enjoyed the Whitey Christmas. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.